Welcome to He Said, She Said. I'm Tara. Hi, and I'm EJ. Welcome to another podcast. Yeah. I was thinking today before we get into our topic that it is really hard to create quality time for each other right now. I know. I'm always like amazed, like we'll try to plan a date and you'll say like, man, we haven't gone on a date in like four months or seven months. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's true. It's like, it's just amazing how hard it is to make time for just the two of us. I mean, we have a lot of like quality time together. We have a lot of time together, period. Yeah, together because we work. Yeah, we're together 12 hours a day in our office. and Yeah. But that's the thing because I, we work so much. Like when the weekends come, I just want to be with our children every single second of the day. Mm. But then I feel like I'm a hypocrite because we, we tell all of our couples, like it's so important to make quality time. And so I was just thinking about that today. Like yeah. we have to just, we have to get better at that, you know? Well, and how many of our clients tell us the exact same thing that they're like, they just don't like, they, they haven't made, uh, made their relationship a priority in a really long time. Yeah. And it's, and there's definitely a cost to that when, when you're not, you know, focusing on the two of you. So yeah, we're, and I, we're I mean, aware and I think it. that we're at this level of acceptance right now because we are just really busy in our practice and we're developing some new ideas and new programs. And so we kind of knew, like, okay, our focus very much for like a year or two years. It's called we call it Supfo, super focused. That our you know quality time together was definitely going to take somewhat of a nosedive. But at least we talk about it. We talk about how it it does. It feels frustrating. I know that we, but we, you know, we just have little things we do that I think help. Like both of us, you know, we try to at least a few days a week get up at about 5 a.m. and have a cup of coffee together. Mm -hmm. And it feels so good that day. We always feel like way more connected. Just that, yeah, like 10, 20 minutes of just like really the quiet and the two of us hanging out. It's like really, it's good for us. So Yes, we we encourage more than 10 minutes, but if you really are in a in a tight spot because you're just so busy. Those yeah. five minutes can mean everything. Okay. Yeah, well, this is that's actually a great segue to the topic of it's a our good topic today. podcast today. It's I'm not a mind reader. You're not. I'm not a mind reader. Too. Our relationship would be so much easier I know, if, if you I just were. knew exactly what you wanted all the time and then did it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we all we all have assumptions and expectations going into our relationship and I think we were talking when we were talking about this podcast. We were like, yeah, when we first met, everything felt great. We didn't even have to try. Like everything just, it was good. And then I think you, we created these early expectations um, that our partner just knows what we need because we feel really good and we feel amazing and perfect and loved. Well, and the crazy thing is that like in those early times, I didn't even have to read your mind, right? Because I mean, luckily, I mean, you really like me. And, and so pretty much everything I did, you seemed to really think was interesting and fascinating. I mean, that's because and... we're so curious about each other, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we were just finding out about each other. And yeah, so again, like, it's, and it's so unconscious too. Our brains develop this expectation like, oh, this is good. This is just going to be good. Yeah. And then reality comes in to bite us in the booty, I say. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 we, and so we developed this unrealistic expectation that our partner should just read know, our mind. Know what we want and need without us having to tell them. Yeah. 
Um, so I think the first part of this podcast is what does it start to look like when we are expecting our partner to read our mind? And there's a few ways to tell. Yeah. I think I think when you start to get really angry and frustrated and resentful with your partner, you know, there's a good chance that you have some something you need mm-hmm. that you're expecting them to yes. just know Let's, and then and then yeah. meet that need. Let's throw blame and judgment in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Irritability, blame, criticism, maybe. Criticism for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing, um, comparing other people's relationship to yours and feeling insecure and hopeless that your relationship would ever be that way. Yeah. The way you magically see it on maybe a Facebook page. Yeah, because you look at your friend's Facebook page and obviously her, her partner knew exactly what she needed that weekend and made her feel so special. And yours didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing that we all like to do is play this little game like, oh, if he does this, then I'll do that. Yeah. And he does this, then I'll do it. And then I'm going to see it. I'm just going to wait. Right? Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a silent pop quiz that your partner doesn't know is happening, you know? <laughs> and we hate pop yeah. quizzes yeah, it's when like, they're known. Yeah, it's like sitting around and be like, okay, well, when is Tara going to kiss me? She hasn't kissed me all morning. Oh, she hasn't kissed me. All afternoon, a whole day, she hasn't done it. Well, is she going to do this? And I'm sitting there. I mean, really what's going on is like, I want to, I want you to kiss me. You want to feel And I'm just, close. I, I'm, I'm expecting that you just read my mind and, and do that for me. Mm-hmm. There's also the uh, putting all of the responsibility on the other person to make it better. Yeah. I think it becomes just... like the reading the mind thing becomes like this either or situation it's like well if they don't just know exactly what i want then i won't you know i won't meet their need and then both people are sitting there waiting for the other person to figure out what it is they're needing and then go ahead and meet it so yeah Yeah. i think if we put all the responsibility on the other person i think there's a good chance we're expecting them to read our mind yeah and it's um it's just not healthy for for either one of you which creates what judging uh, judging or almost like this sense of like they will never be the person I need them to be almost like you're judging their entire character like they need that you need them to change in order for you to love them it just creates this very like yeah. conditional setup yeah not not only are they not reading in my mind not only do they don't meet my needs but maybe they just don't they're just not the right person to do it mm-hmm. you know it creates a yeah really negative self-judgment of your partner that's that's not fair because you're mm-hmm. You're judging them on something they don't even really know is is going on. Then, and, and I think too, then you end up craving affection, you end up creating uh, craving praise, and that's most often, right? If we're not getting it from our partner, then we start to get it from external sources, and that's where the boundaries start to become muddy. Yeah. You know, like oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna like feel good because this person complimented me. You know, oh, because my husband doesn't do it. Well, have you told your husband how important it is and that you're really feeling like you need this and how can you guys set up a system to get this? Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a huge... great one, Tara. Let me just like okay. slow down for a second. Is is it, if you're craving something in your relationship, if you really want physical affection or if you really want praise or you want appreciation or you want even just help, you know, if you want help doing the dishes. Floors, lifters. Yeah, and if you're, 
if you're craving something and it's not happening, you're probably just assuming that your partner is going to going to figure it out and do it. Because if you were doing a good job of noticing, hey, I, I need this and you were telling them, you probably wouldn't be craving it in the first place, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So a big one here, and this is, I want to say more cultural and Western society based, but an unrealistic fantasy of what a relationship should be like. Again, yeah. that's another expectation assumption. Like it's supposed to be passionate all the time. We're supposed to like be madly in love with each other all the time. We're supposed to be traveling here and there. We're supposed to be able to be these like Buddhist type parents and like just be so calm and sex is supposed to be amazing. And I mean, there's just so many unrealistic fantasies that we have because of what, you know, movies say and songs yeah. and The whole Jerry images. Maguire, you complete me, right? That we're, that we're expecting yes. this other person that just is this uh, perfect being who knows exactly what mm -hmm. we want and carries through with it when and we want it. can just attune at all levels every second of the day. Yeah. So that's, again, so the idea that it's our partner's responsibility to know what we need and then to meet it, and that is the setup. Yeah. Right? That is definitely the setup. Yeah. It's a setup for a lot of conflict, right? Uh, I would say um, maybe conflict, maybe conflict avoidance. I think yeah. it's a setup for a lot of resentment and unmet needs and then, you know, you know, then looking elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe maybe an example um, of, of maybe in our relationship. I can do that. You want to do that? Right. I, I think I actually. Yeah, you, well, maybe well, you like, talked about it a little bit at the beginning. I know. I think that was in the other podcast. About the mornings. Oh, okay. So I can get overwhelmed in the mornings and I need EJ to kind of take over and give me some space. And in the beginning, before we had a system set up, I just assumed from my affect that he could tell um, that I needed him to come in and swoop me out of there. Um, and in the beginning, he didn't. And then I would be like, wow, he's not even attuned. Like, he's not paying attention. I would start to feel resentful and get this story in my head that he is selfish. That's a big one. They're just selfish. That's why they're not doing it. And he has no idea what my needs are, which, of course, triggered my early childhood wounds of not having my needs met by my biological parents. Um, and when I was able to identify my own needs, right, which is hard for me, like I'm, you know, I... I, I I started to do that at a later age. I didn't really know like that I had needs. So that's another thing we'll talk about. But um, when I was able to identify my own needs and let EJ know in a healthy way, right? This is what I need. Here's what you can do when I feel this. It changed everything. Yeah. It I mean, yeah, because if you everything. tell me, if you tell me, then at least I have the opportunity to do it. You know, if, if Tara never, never figures out what it is that she needs, and then never tells me, like, I'm just playing like a guessing game as yeah. far as what's going on. And, and then, you know, then we're running it through our own filter because then the way I'm taking it is, is like, well, she just doesn't, you know, I just yeah. can't get it right. And mm -hmm. nothing I, mm -hmm. nothing I do is, is good enough. Can, can I share a story of when I first realized that I had a hard time identifying and commu communicating my needs to others? Yeah, Because it was like a life changer for me. Okay. Our twins were maybe three or four months old or um, maybe they were a yep. year and a half. I can't remember. And my sister came out to visit me with her two kids and we were all having a barbecue at our house. Right. And my yep. sister's mother-in-law was there and your mom was there <clears throat> and my sister's there. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, Oh, EJ's 
EJ's um, mom and Sarah's mother-in-law, like they're going to like totally take the baby so Sarah and I can have some quality time together. I mean, they're going to they're gonna give them baths and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And, and I remember like that didn't happen. So I'm at this barbecue. I'm like giving the twins a bath. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I haven't had any time to talk to my sister. And I started to get really frustrated and I yelled at your mom. Like, I think that was the first time that I've ever yelled at her. And I was like, how are you not know that I just need you to get yeah. these twins a bath? And your mom was like, because you just, you're so good at doing everything, Tara. I, I had no idea. And, and she said, you just got to let me know. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like, I... I just assume that, like, no, I have to take care of myself and I have to get better. And I even said, I have a really hard time communicating my needs, right? And so I do. I try to be superwoman, super mom, and it was yeah, exhausting. Yeah, people just don't see it. And from that time on, I, I'm getting better. I mean, it's a daily thing for me, but I'm still getting better. Like, this is what I need. Instead of being more um, passive, instead of being conflict avoidant, I'm like, I do have needs. I can communicate them and people who love me will respond to them. Yeah. So anyway, that was when I was like, okay, yeah, I have a really hard time doing that because I was very, I didn't want to upset people. I'm kind of a people pleaser. So I, you know, want to take care of it all by myself. And then I just think, you know, people will get it when it gets really bad, but absolutely not the case. So yeah. thank you for letting me share that story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, you know, the, the main topic today is, is I am not a mind reader and it's the idea that we have to let our partner or like like you know Tara's story just now we have to let just the people we love in our life we have to let them know what we need you know we have to figure it out and we have to let them know so let's let's talk about solution phase yeah let's talk about solution phase I mean, we have to find a way to know what we need to let our partners know and to really create a story that it is healthy and okay to have needs to let our partners know what we want and it really does truly begin with skillful communication. Yeah. It really, I, truly does. I think beginning to have conversations with your partner about each other's needs, like not even like in the moment, you know, because I think it's always like, it's always dangerous to be doing things like this and looking for solutions when the problem is big, you know, but if we can do yeah. some, some, you know, preventative care by sitting down and having a conversation with, with your partner about like, okay, what do you need? Like, you know, what do you need around affection? And, and what do you need in support with, with uh, you know, life and parenting, the kids and parenting and finances? Finances, yeah. intimacy. Yeah, if we, if we can just start helping the other person, because I think a big thing that I can help you sometimes with is like you said, you don't always know what it is you need. That's very true. I'm glad you pointed that out. And that's where attunement comes in, right? Because we start to get to really know each other and we're in each other's care. And it's like, hey, T, I know right now, like I can see that you're really anxious right now. Like I know what you need. And in those moments, right, I don't. So it's great. It really creates attunement. The more you guys can talk about this on um, how together you can make your relationship needs a priority yeah. and also help each other with individual needs. Yeah. Um, I think that that's, yeah, this is a, a whole other like subset of, of issues that we have in helping couples that know that come into into our, our couples program is there are some members some people in a relationship who just like feel like they have no needs whatsoever you know they become oh, yeah. so yes. incredibly independent yeah. that their partner is is set 
is left there wondering like, well, what am I like? What am I needed for? Yeah, what am I here for? Yeah. And you, and the interesting thing is the person who thinks they might have no needs is sort of silently building resentment because they're getting burnt out. And because the reality is, we all have needs. We all have needs. I'll never forget this um couple, and he was like one of seven or eight children, and he was the youngest. And so, you know, whatever, he was just like constantly like a left alone to do his own thing and, you know, being, and so from a really young age, he was kind of just, he just did his own thing. Like he, you know, he could take care of himself. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't have a lot of needs because there was, you know, six or seven other siblings before him. And so now comes into this relationship, this premier of relationship and, you know, his thing was like, oh, I'm just, you know, making money and supporting my family. And I think she was feeling really alone. Like, I want him to need me. Like, I want to know mm-hmm. what his needs were. And he really had no idea. Like, no, I think, you know, it was, there was just this attachment stuff. And if, and if you don't have, if you're unable to recognize your own needs, it's also like, you know, it's, it's a good, there's a good chance that you're also just sort of emotionally checked out. And, and that's yeah. going to... And that's going to cause problems eventually in your relationship. That's when it's a good time to seek out some counseling, some support in that, and like how to navigate what that is and what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so really quick, some obstacles to having conversations around this, yeah. right? Because, and, and, you know, us and couples we've worked with, there are a lot of conflict avoided couples, right? So, okay, I'm just not going to ruffle the feathers, Right. Well, it's actually very dangerous to do that, right? Conflict is totally normal and healthy. And you have to like, look, are we a conflict avoidant couple? And if we are, what is that creating in our relationship? Probably a lot of resentment, lack of um, feeling fulfilled, dissatisfaction. Yeah, Yeah, like I'm afraid that if I bring up this need that I have, that then it's going to cause a fight. So I'm just not even going to bring it up. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's definitely not going to work because our partner's not going to, not going to have any idea that we have a need. We're not going to get our need met. So, so couples, if you struggle with conflict and addressing issues, that could be something that keeps you from, uh, from asking for your needs to be met. I I know you kind of already said this when the obstacles to having these conversations, but thinking that you don't have needs, we kind of went over that. Yeah. Wanting to be a burden. Oh, not wanting to be a burden. That is huge. I can't tell you how many couples like, oh, he's just really stressed like when he gets home from work. And so like, I don't want to be an extra burden. So then you've enabled this situation over and over where because you don't want to be a burden, so you're passive, you've created this situation where like you've minimized your own needs. And then your spouse can do that too because it's a very unconscious dynamic that's been set up for years, for however yeah. long it is. And and that, that feeds into like a, a bigger topic. And that is like sometimes we have core beliefs about ourselves and the world around us that keep us from doing healthy things within our relationship. And so it can be like, oh, I'm a burden. That's a core belief mm-hmm. that might have been established early in your life or or you know, I just can't ever get what I want, mm-hmm. you know, but they're, they're beliefs that we have about ourselves that aren't healthy, that were established prior to our relationship that might end up becoming roadblocks. And, and again, these are hard things to figure out sometimes on your own. And, and definitely when couples counseling is going to be super useful, yeah. like, man, why is it just hard for us to communicate what we need from each other? Maybe you know, 
maybe yeah. find a counselor to help you sort that out. Um, I think that's great. I think too, really quickly, uh, you know, complacency. Couples are like, oh, it's as good as it's going to get. Yeah. And I just don't buy into that, right? But people, we just get complacent with each other. And that's why yeah. it's like, yeah, those are needs. But yeah, whatever. This is fine. Like, it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, or, we're, yeah. we're good partners. We're good teammates. We got this. Yeah, he's too busy. He's too busy. So, uh, you know, it's it's really too much for me. If he really cared about me or really had time, then he'd figure out what I need. And then he'd take care of it. And so complacency can can lead you to expecting your partner to just, you know, to read your mind. Yeah, and I think lastly, um, again, if there's mental health struggles that you deal with, whether that's depression, anxiety, OCD tendencies, um, you know, they definitely can impact, you know, communication and and uh, getting needs met, even, you know, having needs and confidence and, you know, self-esteem. And so we really encourage, you know, individuals and our couples who are dealing with mental health to really seek out that support yeah. from a counselor that can really help them. So just to recap, so our uh, our topic today was I am not a mind reader. It's a really common thing in relationship to start expecting your partner to read your mind, to know it, what it is you need, and then and then you know follow through. And then if they don't do that, we just get really disconnected and we start being resentful, resentful and it and it pulls us apart and our needs don't get met. Always the solution lays in good communication yes. and being able to talk about it it's huge yeah. it leads from feelings of disempowerment to empowerment yep. when you're like yep i've got needs awesome oh you'll hear those needs great oh you'll meet those needs even better make it a priority to make talk priority. about what you need yeah. from each other and to voice those needs and to try to seek some sort of a balance that both of you guys are, are there telling each other what you need and, uh, and helping each other out making yeah. each other feel yeah. as amazing and beautiful and wonderful as you are and again, please, always, any questions or comments, um, we're going to reach out and do our questions from our social media, but we really want to hear from you. All right. Um, so I'll do the first one. Um, it's a question from Facebook. And if you do want to uh, message us and send a question, we are at He Said, She Said Counseling on Facebook. Uh, the question is, what is a way to regain trust in your relationship? Um, you know, we get a lot of that in our, our couples who come in to see us is that there's been some, some breakdown in trust for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, we always start with how do you get to vulnerable conversations? You know, mm -hmm. how do you start sort of, sort of speaking from the heart and, and in order to be speaking from the heart, I mean, really what we're talking about is, is being honest. I mean, I think it's also about at an individual level, you know, something happened that, you know, broke that trust. So your guards are up, right? And your heart is kind of closed off. And it's about at an individual level, like, okay, in order for me, in order for us to build trust again, like I'm going to have to like trust that this other person has my best interest at heart because I'm going to have to, because having the walls up will absolutely not help you build trust. It will just keep you defended like this person hurt me so vulnerability yes is definitely the key to building that but it's hard it's it's hard to be vulnerable especially after we've gotten hurt so we're not minimizing that at all yeah and i think the other thing as far as regaining trust is just understanding that it's a little bit of a long game it's a long game. and they and they, you just have to be really patient and you just have to have experience after experience of of building positive of building positive interactions yeah. where, there, where there's trust 
All right, second question from Instagram. All right, go for it, T. At he said, she said, couples. That is our Instagram page. Do you and EJ differ in parenting styles? Um, yeah. I would say yes. I would say that we're on the same page about many things, but we, I'm definitely a softie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm way more of the looser boundaries for sure. Like, especially if I want to avoid a, a tantrum or a meltdown, I'm like, oh, I just five more minutes. Yeah. I, I can be a little, I can be a little, just a little more strict and, 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 you know, the opposite of, of Tara, I can be a little rigid about like, hey, if we said Xbox ends at 9.15, then it ends at 9.15, period. Um, I would say that's like sort of our primary difference is... Uh, difference, and then we also have, because we have a blended family, there is there is definitely yeah. some parenting issues around that because, you know, I'm definitely like biological mom to the twins, and, you know, what I say goes, like, it feels... Um, pretty just genuine and organic but with the boys you know they have a mom they have a dad and I know I I have like you know limited control because and and they're great parents right I I trust them um that they have the best intentions out but it's really hard because um you know sometimes I'm like oh what I would do for like the twins like I want to do that for like the other older boys but I actually know like that's not in their best interest you know with their mom and so it's it's hard to like navigate the blended family at times because it's like I'm a full-time parent to all of them I'm, I'm, I'm a you know a special role model a healthy role model I try but when it comes to certain parenting decisions I very much do not have control yeah. over the step I, mean, I think we got to do a podcast on that because we I mean, will when, for sure. I mean, when you started to talk about it, I was like wow that is just a Pandora's box because you know just in the very nature of a full biological parent versus um, versus step parent the dynamic is just completely different. The role is different. And so it, it, there are fundamental differences in our experience that um, that cause issues that we have to be really mindful and thoughtful about. Yeah, we'll definitely do a podcast on that. Yeah. But, well, thank you for listening today. And, you know, we'll, we'll see you guys yeah, soon. Yeah, please, please uh, follow our podcast on uh, on Spotify or Apple and like us and uh, and rate us. We'd be, we'd be wonderful, wonderful as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also on our Facebook page, we also have these weekly Wheel of Love intentions. They're like a minute long and a lot of people find them useful. So yeah, you can check out our Facebook. like our Facebook page. All right. Thanks. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.